Hello and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe DeVerge. And I am Chris Atfield. Uh, good morning to you, Gabe. Good morning to you, Chris. We are recording this the morning after uh, Louisville defeated Pittsburgh with a score that I don't have on my hands right now. <laughs> the 10 point victory. A 10 point, I think it was 62, 64, 64-54. Um, but before we get to that, we got a Kentucky game this this weekend. We've got uh, a, a lot to t- cover in the show, a lot of narratives, and of course, the final watch list for the Dominique Hawkins Memorial Award uh, is coming for. at the end of the show, I promise you. But before that, we need to talk about the biggest news in the Ville, and that is the closing of the Hard Rock Cafe Louisville in downtown in Fourth Street Live. Chris, the pillar of Fourth Street Live is permanently closing. They will not renew their lease in 2021, meaning um, the chain will be closed. How did you feel when you saw this? There's a lot of consternation, a lot of heartache, <laughs> um, a lot of pain, any- a lot of glee. Some people were, were, were making jokes. A lot of people making jokes. We, we made Do you jokes. have any Fourth Street Live memories? I see, I will say this. I definitely, I was at one point in time, a Sully's guy. Right. May God yeah, have I have mercy. Sully's memories. May Maybe God I have mercy on my soul. Hard Rock Cafe <laughs> memories. I, guess. I, um, cause I don't think I have any there. Yeah. I, I worked across the street at the, the building. That's the same building that like uh, sports and social and the tavern are in. I, they have an office building there. I worked in a company there for, for several years. Um, so I went to the Hard Rock Cafe. The Hard Rock Cafe was somewhere you could go. You could go really quickly. If you didn't, if you wanted to know that you were probably looking at 30 minutes to get your food, get in and out, <laughs> um, you could go there. And I will say this, I, I mean, like, you know, we're in a pandemic. There's people who don't have jobs. I feel for this. I feel for this. And um, I remember that there were some people who had been there for like the entire time. Like there was one guy who had like a, he had like a pin from every hard rock cafe in the world, which was really cool. So I feel for those people, but I think this definitely is, there's like a, like a, a cultural, this is like a cultural kind of warning. That's like this idea of four street live that locals, like I, 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 there were so many people I saw on Twitter who didn't know we had a hard rock cafe. Yeah. Which was that, was a, that was shocking a to me. Crazy thing to me, because I remember how big of a deal it was. It, it felt like Louisville like took a step up as a city when it, when they got it. I know it was kind of like a, Hey, yeah. And, um, I'm man. And it was open for 15 years. So like, I remember, you know, I I remember that and I was genuinely shocked when, when I heard so, you know, so many people like, Oh, I I had no idea this was here. I'm like, dude, wait, what? That's, that's nuts, man. That's nuts. Yeah. I think the most interesting thing now is what happens next because you have, I mean, you have, how many people have written about the Louisville Gardens building being bacon? But I'll, I'll always mention it because it's still there, and it's pretty sad to me. Um, and it always remains sad. But you have that, and then obviously you have this massive place that's that's empty now. So and this I is now that's up, the second that's the second place the the Jim Beam Urban Still House yeah. um, is closing, which. Uh, I, I received some inside information. I don't, I don't know if this has been reported, but the word on the street, and I might be wrong. I just, I heard some, I heard some rumors uh, that the company that runs Four Street Live Cordish was actually trying to raise rent next year. And yeah, that so might they were like some of the pulling a Scott Satterfield as well. Pulling a Scott Satterfield, like, hey man, <laughs> went you know only won three games this season. You only had three months of the year where you really had business, uh, but we're gonna have to raise the rent, which is which is ridiculous. Um, yeah. 
But I mean, I brought up, I brought up the idea that in a dream scenario there would be a sports book in a casino there because my god, that, that would be makes uh, way too much amazing. sense. Amazing, way but, too much know. sense, Chris. Way too much sense. What? W- so that's your ideal, which you would like to see there, huh? Yeah, I mean, realistically, we're probably looking at either some type of apartments, um, some type of shopping center. I know for a fact that that three or four years ago, someone did approach the city of Louisville um, at the Louisville Gardens to open a like um, kind of like a Cardinal Town type deal, but not for student housing where there's, you know, there's apartments above and a bunch of shopping centers below. Um, but the city of Louisville said that that did not provide enough of an economic value. Um, for whatever reason. So they didn't allow the people to, you know, move forward and trying to purchase it. So I don't know, maybe if that same request happens at Hard Rock Cafe, I don't know if they'll, you know, I don't know how that stuff works. I don't know if the city is going to own it at some point in time or or what. There was a period in time where they were trying to open like local businesses there. Like, which would be um, cool uh it would work but they I'm not opened sure that, that they opened the whiskey dry which is owned by edward lee um yep. and then there were rumors that i forget i think the woman's name is damaris something who she's a food network person from here who like lives here part of the time and apparently she was thinking about opening a restaurant someone said which which would be cool i guess um to have like a food network thing i don't know i i told somebody it's like the thing about the hard rock cafe is like that's a place for like cheerleading teams to go when they have their <laughs> events at the but you, at, yeah i mean it's at funny the but fair, you, but at the you, expo center international you need those places you like. do like like i don't know if people realize it like this is i'm gonna i'm gonna blow your mind chris i that that tgi Fridays there is the number one selling TGI Fridays in America, or at least it was at one point in the last couple years when it was told to me because it's just always bonkers with conferences. It's like perfect for conferences and perfect for those team events. I mean, they have all kinds of wild conferences downtown. I don't know if people realize like how many, and like TGI Friday is the ultimate like business people will go because like, you know, they know they can get drinks for cheap and then families will go because it's easy. It's yeah, the fact that the the city of Louisville is sustaining TGI Fridays like nationwide, but that's why that um, place is it, still open. Like, <laughs> yeah, it isn't it isn't shocking to me, but it, I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe the and city I think Kentucky this is it, I don't know. It. This definitely is a turning point, and I know I've heard some people say that downtown still like the worst is yet to come for downtown because people will be scared for what happened. You know, people will be scared about what happened in the aftermath to um, the, the, the murder of Breonna Taylor. And, and, and I, I've tried to push back on that. Cause I think there's, I think the thing is there has to be an opportunity. The city has to give the opportunity to the people of Louisville to, to come back to that. They, it can't be something that's for outsiders. Um, it can't be something that's for people who are just temporarily here it has to be something that has to be locally beloved and owned. And I don't know, maybe basing all of our, our economy on, people coming here just to drink bourbon might not have been the best idea <laughs> no i i agree with that but I a, say, and i say that know, as a bourbon lover <laughs> I, say that. I will say that you know logical people people that i i think are, are pretty sound do look at something like that and directly contribute it to it um because it's it's just a layup take to have yeah it's it's too easy to are leaving <laughs> And these places were already struggling before. I don't, I don't know. I don't like the, the issue is the issue hands down is more to do with there not being work or conferences like downtown. Yeah. That's in the like, over in the overhead to begin with. And the like overheads is, going up to begin with. Um, 
I think uh, any more, any more force your live takes. <laughs> no, that was, that was good. That was a good discussion. Uh, we had like a good that. discussion there. Uh, let's talk about Pitt. Let's talk about Kentucky. We'll see you on the other side. Coming to you from inside the Waterson Expressway. Greatness started in Louisville, Kentucky. It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is What High School Did You Go To? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe Diverge. Louisville is the greatest. And we're back, Chris. As I mentioned, uh, we are talking today about Louisville's fantastic win 64, not quite fantastic, <laughs> win 64 over 54. Um, over the Pitt Panthers who were missing a lot of dudes, their two best players, but still managed to give the Cardinals a fight, which was not ideal. Um, Chris, what you look at the stats and there's a, there's a lot of good stats. I was like, this is a good stats, bad game type of deal. I mean, you have uh, both uh, David Johnson and Samuel Williamson had double doubles. uh, If you look at this box score, what was, what hops out to you? What are you taking away from this game and into the Kentucky game? Spilling 90% of that game being pissed off. Exactly. Um, but, but then I woke up this morning and I see that Louisville has risen and Kim Palm and pretty much virtually every stat. Um, Sam Williamson had a double-double. David Johnson had his first career double-double. Louisville dominated Pittsburgh on the glass, um, especially the offensive that was very. That was um, very exciting to see. So there were there were encouraging parts about it. Um, I think the, the, like the biggest worry, worry, like takeaway for me is throughout that game. I thought two things. I thought that Chris Mack said it after the game. And I, and I think I've been looking for the word much of the season. Um, and, and he found the word for me is that Louisville was very casual at times, passing yeah. the ball screens, little things, just, just in general. Um, it was kind of just going through the motions Two, I think Jalen weather just got to wake up a little bit, man. Um, he, he felt to me like just really soft yeah. throughout that game. And I mean, when you have uh, Sam, Sam and David Johnson are, are going to get boards because they're, they're good rebounders. Um, but I don't think the gap from game to game should be like, I don't know what Jalen Withers fi- finished with rebound wise. I think it was maybe like one or two. Um, uh, it was, maybe- it was seven. Um, okay wow but i don't yeah, i don't it, know it, 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 it didn't feel like that at, at one point I, I think a lot of those came late because i i would i if you had told me two or three after the first you know 27 30 minutes of the game i'd probably think you're right <laughs> i mean there's a large there's a larger like discussion just as a whole is how the team looked i just thought like when i was watching the game i didn't really know that Jalen withers was out there and the dude's too talented um, and for that to be the case, I think like having a guy like that at the, the five position can be utilized really well because you can guard pretty much all positions. He can move quickly mm-hmm. His lateral quickness that most big guys don't have that he's going to be guarded. Um, and none of that was shown last night and it, it wasn't obviously wasn't shown against Wisconsin. Um, he played well against Western. That's kind of all we've seen. That's always seen from the front court. I think the front court just has to be better. JJ trainer has, has been the guy who is pretty much consistently brought it on this team. And I mean, at this point, I think the dude should start. Um, Even if he's not getting the bulk of the minutes, he deserves like a spot start at some point. Maybe it's against Kentucky. Maybe it's not. But anytime he comes in, Lobo is more efficient. Things go better. And you can't tell me that's just coincidence after it keeps happening, keeps happening, keeps happening. And I'm not trying to pick on like, like guys like Dre Davis and the freshman and things like that. But, but this front court, I mean, it just has to be a little bit better. Um, David Johnson had his moments. It was kind of the typical David Johnson game where you look around and he's like, you know, um, he's not playing very well, but then at the end he kind of took over. 
Um, Carly looked tired. Uh, Carly looked like a guy who just had COVID. But he did his thing. But he did his thing. And I, and I think I'm not, I'm not going to buy, like, I'm not going to take a ton from the Carly game. I mean, he played 36 minutes, had 11 points. He was two of eight from the field, one of four from three, but made the line, had six shots at the line, um, got four rebounds and still had seven assists. Like, that's just like, yeah. I, I'm perfectly okay with that game. I, I did, I did want to make the note, um, that David, you, you, you tweeted out about, you know, kind of some, some things that you had, and you mentioned the fact that David Johnson cutting to the rim, like he definitely did that a lot more in the second half. Um, when he, when he doesn't get to the rim, it, it affects exactly. Everything. And you, and to bring it back to what you said at the top, and even I, I, the commentator said it in the game is that a lot of, a lot of the, the ball movement at the beginning of the game was kind of just screens, but they were for North South. They, they would just yep. take, they would just take David Johnson and Sammy Williams and Carly Williams, North South. They wouldn't take them towards the rim. You started to see some of that ball motion. And I even tweeted just like, just run the pick and roll, just run a real pick and roll because uh, you could see David Johnson, you know, a, as the, the second half wore on, he was able to get movement towards the rim. And that's exactly what he's going to have to do against Kentucky because I think he is so good at that in between zone that hesitation am i staying at the top of the key am i going to the rim am i going to hit a floater his floaters now his you know his tw- 10 you know 10 8 foot floaters runners are just unstoppable it's yeah. uh, it's it's he's i i remember him having that shot last year but it feels like it's much deadlier this year no i mean i, I still feel like his jumper's a little flat exactly once he hits, once he hits like one or two once it, he hits it, one it, or two he changes his shot is so flat like even like he's on the threes like uh, it's just like a straight line um but I, I I did see that, and that was very exciting for me on a DJ point of view. He had six turnovers in the game. I don't have the breakdown half by half, um, but I would guess some of the, as majority of them were the first half. Um, I probably you know three or you know probably four in the first half. Um, Louisville has to take better care of the ball. That's that's just gonna that's gonna kill them against Kentucky. They're gonna they're not gonna win if they have 15 plus turnovers. That's just they're, they're begging, especially um, especially for a team like Louisville that just doesn't have a sharpshooter. It doesn't have somebody that can um, that can bring them back quickly. Um, like I, I I think they have. Um, you know, I, especially we, especially live ball turnovers where there's it's a, the possessions not stopping. Kentucky you just get the ball and run, and that's a that's an offense that struggles already. You don't want to just give them you know opportunities in transition like that. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I you know when when the ball movement was good, it was great. I mean, they still you know they had 11 assists on on um, on 24 baskets. That's that's not terrible. Obviously, you'd like it to be better. Um, I don't know. It's, it's one of those, you're absolutely right. I felt, especially the whole first half, I was just mad. And we, and we talked about it. It's like, I probably need to watch this game again. Uh, just because I, I don't know at one point, at what point was it Louisville taking over the game or was it some pit kind of faltering back? Um, I think it's a little of both because I mean, Pittsburgh missed a lot of open shots, especially to yeah. start the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think at one point in that game, I was sitting there thinking to myself, if Pitt's healthy, they're up by five or six points. Exactly. Um, exactly. But, you know, like I said, I, I think the front court stuff is an issue that will reveal itself a little bit more as we get deeper into the season. But right now, uh, I think the number one thing is what Max said, there, that the sense of urgency, the little things, the, the screens, the hard screens, the pass 
I, I mean, they did the the the, the passing stuff. Um, the casual passes was a problem at the beginning of last year too. I remember Definitely. just like straight line pass and people picking it off in the lanes. Um, so it's just those little things, man. Everything needs to become a little bit more purposeful. Um, you shouldn't roll out to you know leading by fourteen or fifteen to start the game and give it up in like two minutes. And that's what that like that that that's, that's what exactly happened. I mean, what Pittsburgh, happened last Pittsburgh night. goes, you know, starting at the ten minute mark of the first half, they you know they go on a seventeen to three run, and that's just. That's something. I mean, maybe you could do that against Kentucky. You can't do that against North Carolina. You can't do that against Virginia. Is That's, it weird to you that like Mac didn't use a single timeout the first half? <laughs> Just kind of let him play through it. That was odd, and I saw a lot of people calling for it. I, I don't know, man. That's. That's tough. Uh, I, I I wish they would have called a timeout at some point there. I mean, it was weird. It was weird. I don't I just know. don't know if he was just like, this team's going to win no matter what. I'm going to let them screw up and try to see if they can figure it out themselves because he tinkered a lot too. I he mean, did. I guess, yeah. I guess Gabe, big you Gabe. You saw a lot of you Gabe Winitzer. First half Gabe, man. Is, uh, a, is a player that's going to play on this team now, yeah? It's wild. Wild, wild, wild. Um, Anything in particular you think um, you, you you saw from this game that just needs to be improved on before Kentucky? Well, putting a guy repeatedly shooting over Carly Jones on film was about the worst thing you could probably do against a team. I don't know what, what the height is of Kentucky's guards. I know they're all over six, three. I don't know what the exact height is, but they're, they're all big dudes. enough. I'll, I'll tell you real quick, but you can, they going. have a, they have a sizable advantage of Carly Jones. Um, and they're not good um, shooters. Yeah. I mean, Terrence Clark we've, is, we've been here before. Terrence Clark is six, seven. Uh, yeah. Davion Mintz and Askew are both six, three. So, uh, you know, that, and that's not terrible like, over what, a six, six foot five. one, six foot one Carly Jones. I feel like, I feel like Askew has like a long wingspan though. So like, this is not going to be an <laughs> issue for him. Um, but yeah, no, that scared me. And I, I tweeted it out. I said, this is my nightmare for Saturday. And this was what happened to, to CC to Christian Cunningham. Um, you know, two years ago, he, he just got, absolutely dominated in that game and uh it's horrifying <laughs> yeah i mean i don't think that i've always thought that conventional narrative that cal isn't a great x and o guy but he's always been good at this game at taking one advantage that yeah. that uk has and maximizing it um he did that with you just said it tyler harrow against cc um and kind of maximize that and he shot over him and got hot did that against you know with 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 josh harrelson um we can obviously go down and, and make the jokes but whatever he's been good at like taking one thing and you know maximizing that so um that was that was not ideal <laughs> i guess we should start talking about kentucky <laughs> i mean yeah it, it's gonna lend itself there either we can talk about this big game all we went to but we're all let's talk about it point, it's so uh let's do it let's we wanted to before we get to the x's and o's is is in which we kind of already dipped into is is we're, we got to talk about narratives man because that's all this the, the rivalry at this game and i think you know um ksr headlines be damned i think this narrative the narratives you know it's almost so an in the game is so uninteresting and unexciting it's hella interesting and exciting yeah. um 
you have the worst Kentucky team in generations, <laughs> uh, the worst Kentucky start in generations coming into a Louisville team um, that does not have a, a, a super clear identity yet, I think. Um, and then you have this whole ESPN moving thing that kind of, that kind of took over for Kentucky this week. Uh, we wanted to talk about that. Let's let, let me get to this Cal quote real quick. You know, John Calpar and his Monday show ESPN moving this game from 12 on ESPN two to 1 PM on ESPN one. And uh, John Calipari, John Calipari wants to use this as a rallying call for big blue nation. He says, quote, that's going to be our job. We're going to ruin your weekend. We know why you put this on ESPN instead of ESPN2. You want more people to go to the execution. Well, we ain't having it. We've been beating everybody's brains in for 11 years. You don't think all these people are waiting in the wings because they want to beat us now? For the first time, we've got a chance. We need our fans <laughs> now more than ever. Please, please, people out there, many trolls, other programs, why would they not jump on this? We beat them for 11 years. Now they think we have a chance to beat Kentucky. Let's go. ESPN has played right into it. Let's move this game. Let's watch the execution with more people watching. Let's ruin their weekend. I, uh, it just, 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 just take a second and let that, let that just marinate in that, in that cow. <laughs> I always joke with people. I'm in marketing. I would pay a thousand dollars tomorrow <laughs> to, to, to sit in a cow marketing PR class because this man is a master. He's a, ma a magician, a puppeteer. Um, this is classic Calipari. Don't worry. I'm I, this is the worst start for Kentucky in generations. I need you. They hate us. <laughs> Come to me. Here's, here's my favorite. <laughs> my favorite thing about this game is that we are watching the first bricks of the Roman empire fall before our faces. Um, and we, we can be the team that, that kind of just takes a hammer to some of those bricks and Louisville's in an awesome position here. Um, you, you've got, you've got these quotes work out. Like to me, this is like him just throwing all his chips in. Yeah. This is the last pivot he has like is, is to do this is be like, we're going to go win this game. I'm going to get you guys back. Watch and see. Um, and if it doesn't work, this team's this seems done. Yeah. And I, I I'm I'm more than happy to I, enjoy Louisville putting the spear in the heart of this <laughs> basketball team. Um, so that's that's like the reason I have been so pissed off about the pessimism to this game. And I'm not gonna tell people how to fan because I understand it, but let me bask. And Kentucky bringing Keon Brooks, a guy who hasn't played a single minute out to speak to the media. Let me bask at guys crying on the bench, <laughs> leaving the court before the game starts, and then let me bask in these quotes, man. Uh, just, just beautiful stuff here. It's – you're absolutely right because I think he knows <laughs> – John Calipari knows that this team is bad. He knows this team is bad. He knows, you know, this team is bad. He knows that this team is not it, it, the, the very odds are, it, it, listen, say what you will. It, I don't think we want to spend 20 minutes talking about the, the, the Cameron Fletcher situation, but I, and, and I think it's important to note though, that John Calipari, we have joked as Louisville fans for 11 years now, that John Calipari pushes people out that he pushes players out of his program. Um, but he 
has never painted it in the way that he painted Cameron Fletcher today. Extremely uh, important. This week. Um, you know, Ryan Harrow, you know, Kyle Wish- Wilshire, Quade Green, Daniel all Orton. these guys – Daniel Orton, all these guys, those guys, he's still recognized. Kyle Wilshire is, is still in the familia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he went to Gonzaga and he's still in the familia. It, you know, he has never painted this, this way. And that just like, I don't care if you're a little fan. You're like, I still think they're going to win this game somehow. That's fine. I I'm, I'm in some ways I've been on your side this past week. <laughs> Excuse me. But the fact that they're doing that really insinuates to me, that there is uh, the problem is not just at Cameron Fletcher. It is, it is, there is a, it, it that he is. I, I joked with some friends that there's a South Park episode where they make fun of stand and deliver and that John Calpari is Cartman as Edward James almost. How do I reach these kids? Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> he's I, really I, struggling. <laughs> I, I, I can't take credit for it because Andy Sweeney was the first person I heard mentioned to it. But my God, the similarities between him and Rick Bettino when things were kind of dwindling down for Rick and he yep. was reinvented because of Cal are just amazing. Yep. They're just amazing. And now, like, my, like, extremely deep wire take is that that Cal needs someone to to beat his ass so he can kind of be rejuvenated. Exactly. Um, and that's like, what he's trying to do. He's trying to, he's, he's trying he's to use this. Yeah. He's trying to use this, this Louisville game. And, and I think he also knows just in general that, um, you know, Kentucky fans will, you know, they'll get, they'll cut him some slack if he can beat Kentucky, if he can beat Louisville. And he knows, he knows exactly what Louisville fans know, that there's some magic mischiefs. He sold his soul to the devil that no matter how bad this team is going into this game, they are going to play their best game of the season on Saturday. And I believe that wholeheartedly. I'm not saying that means that Louisville's going to lose. I just think that the and, and Chris Mack believes it too. Chris Mack yeah, knows they're going to play that. their best game. He, he said he that. Said as much. He said as much. He I, I can pull. I can pull up the quote specifically. You know, um, I, I I lied to you. I, I can pull up the quote specifically. <laughs> but he said they're going to no, play. But you're, but you're correct. They're 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 going to play the best game of the season. Essentially, is what he said. Um, we, something along the lines of, we know we're going to get a better effort from them. My thing. Yeah. He's, yeah he, I've got it right here. Sorry. He said, Kentucky has been really good in some games. That Carolina game is a perfect example. I'm pretty sure we're going to get their best game. Yeah. <laughs> My thing is that the narrative from some Louisville fans, and I'm trying to be empathetic to it, even though it pisses me off, um, has been rooted and not what Chris Mack has done, but what Rick Pitino. Has exactly. Done. Exactly. And it's 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 not fair. Like it's not fair to him. Louisville played a very good game last year. They started out bad, but the way they finished that game was great. It was really good. It said a lot about Chris Mack. It said a lot about where he has this program going. And it answered all the questions for me about the future of this rivalry. Yeah. And I and I like my thing is I don't even know what it's gonna take. Like if Louisville wins this game on Saturday, is it really going to mean that next year, even if the teams are even on paper, mobile fans are saying something different? Probably no, so. probably no, but I think some degree, but I do want to know that the thing last game, the thing, if you, if you're listening, you're like, no, you know, I, I've heard a lot of people mention, you know, they missed all those free throws. That's Louisville shooting themselves in the foot. That's fine. How many games did Louisville play last season where, 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 um, where Jordan Moore didn't show up and the team folded? How many times has that happened? 
because it didn't happen at the UK game last year. Jordan Moore, you know, he had eight points, but like six of them came in the last five minutes of the game. So, yeah, and I think that's just the biggest frustration to me because I think yeah. anyone that's played competitive sports, if you're playing against someone and they're constantly telling you, man, I'm not going to talk about this guy or I'm not going to say anything bad because if I start talking, I'm going to look silly because he's going to beat me like he always does. Like, can you imagine that? I mean, like, that's that's just such a... I don't know, dude. Like, I just can't be in that position. I can't. I, listen, I, like, I, I, I hear you. I, I hear what people are saying. I get it. I understand. But, I mean, <laughs> goddamn. I am more to the to that side than you are. I think, but I do think that this is a situation where Chris Mack, I think Chris Mack has to, that's why this game is so important for Louisville. Chris no, Mack I, has I, to I don't get, have a, he has to get the monkey off the back. Cause I think, I, I think there are plenty of people like you, Chris, that believe, you know, I, Chris Mack is not Rick Pitino when it comes to this. I think Rick Pitino teams, you could sense how much Rick Pitino cared about it. And he would say he did it. He would say it's just another game. That was the worst part. <laughs> and that was the worst part. And I think the players could sense it on him. And, and I, I, I think Chris Mack, you saw it this summer. He gamed into it a little bit. Did you hear David Johnson come in and last night, we're going to be ready for Kentucky. And that's great to hear from a Louisville player point of view, uh, a kid from Louisville, because I, I think that's been an issue in the past. You know, and um, uh, you know, and Dwayne, Dwayne said Dwayne said played said, really well last year. But if you go he, back farther than that, I think I think there are guys that you know, there are guys who've come in and they've they've been a little hesitant. No, I agree. I I just remember a Dwayne Sutton quote before the game saying something along those lines. So maybe that's that's speaking to the mentality that's that's kind of happening um, in this game because in you know Xavier Cincinnati, um, it was a fairly even rivalry. I think Xavier probably had the upper hand at the end of the back air there. But it was never the sense like those teams were going at it. There was yeah. no hesitation on either on either no. side. Like you, you got dudes literally freaking fist fighting in those games. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean that's like Max just different, and he should be treated that way. And I, I think we have to give point. him the we have to give him the opportunity to be different. Yeah, at the I, very I think least. you made a good point is that he does need to win this game. The pressure somehow has 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 been more on mobile in this game and it will be on saturday because of those reasons um because of losing a guy like Devin Askew, because of lo- losing a guy like bryce hopkins um yeah the, i mean the pressure is on mac um to win this game because i a, a guy like me doesn't really have a pivot or a move <laughs> if they don't i mean it, like I, <laughs> I you know i you were right so yeah i mean a clearly better team a win i mean louisville louisville has won these you know you know they 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 won that wish michigan game at home last year i think they they've done they've done things like that um they beat state and hall or uh i'm sorry michigan state the year before that at home and that over, north carolina at duke they they've he's won big games you know you're right he's been in, he's been this is his third year of the program he's won at duke he's beat north carolina michigan state and North and and Duke and Virginia. Yeah. yeah. And then the Michigan he's done everything we've asked. We've asked Kentucky is Kentucky's the last, the last part of that the last gem in the, in the infinity gauntlet uh, <laughs> to make it a reference there uh, really quickly. 
Chris, would you say this is the least anticipated Kentucky Louisville basketball game? (laughs) Absolutely not. I'm anticipating the hell out of it, man. And I saw someone else mention this. And here's the thing. I think there's a difference on a Louisville point of view. What what's if you're saying you don't anticipate, if you don't say, if you're saying you don't anticipate this game, you're lying to me. Do you dread this game? Sure. A hundred percent. I'm dreading this game, but I can't wait for it. I can't wait for the opportunity. <laughs> but but what's happened this week, um, and it started after the Wisconsin game, is that that Kentucky fans are trying to drag both teams down because they are oh, yeah. the team. That that's what's happening. Like both teams suck. The 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 state of basketball, the Commonwealth is just awful. So so here's no man. No, man. That's our we if we if you're listening to this podcast as a Louisville fan, I beg you. You're gonna go. You're gonna have Christmas. There's gonna be a Kentucky fan. Maybe you're doing a Zoom Christmas. Maybe you're having a small <laughs> family gathering. I hope it's not a big family gathering. I hope so too. If you're talking to a Kentucky fan and they try and pull you down to their misery, do not let them, Louisville fan. Do not let them, my friend. Western Kentucky's pretty good. Western um, Kentucky's pretty good. Murray State's pretty good. Louisville's pretty good. Wisconsin's pretty good. They beat us <laughs> real bad. The team with Carly Jones is better. They would not have lost to Wisconsin by 38 points. Would they have lost by 10 points? Probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you beat Moorhead State and lost to Josh Pastner. That ain't <laughs> us. Don't worry about North Carolina. That's the perfect, that game is the perfect game for Kentucky. A sloppy track meet. That's exactly what they want. <laughs> We're yeah. not going to let them do that on Saturday. <laughs> right. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm not, not sure if you believe it. it when, I'm not sure if you believe it when you're saying it, but. Um, no, I believe that. I believe okay. that. I believe okay. that. My, uh, we can transition to game analysis. My biggest concern is that, is that it, it's a game of segments and that Louisville is going to have bad segments. And that I think the way that Louisville loses this game is that they turn the ball over a lot. They play poor transition defense. I'm sorry, Kentucky is probably better than Pittsburgh at transition defense, especially Pittsburgh without their best two players. They're probably better than that. Um, and that Statistic- no one and statistically, no, though, they they weren't. They were pretty much on par before that game. But we're gonna get that best worth. game from them, I, I think. No. And then on offense, they can't they can't generate much. Carly Jones is is plays it, it, the small guard syndrome kills us again. Yeah, that's the think, worst case scenario. I think the transition defense thing is an interesting one because in the, you know, the extremely small data points that we still have in the season and everything's kind of screwed up now because the Wisconsin game was such an outliner. Louisville hasn't really been good transition defense of team. Right. Um, historically under Mac. Right. His teams are always good. It's never been a problem the last few years. Exactly. It was probably always the best asset, but for whatever reason, this team is not really putting up the great numbers. I think teams are scoring like 65% in transition, that's which rough. usually that's not ideal, Chris. No, that's, that, that's not good. Usually it's for these, these teams is under 40%. Um, so it's way off the average. Um, I don't really know why that is. I don't know if it's the, the young faces or, or what, but yeah, that, that part scares me. Um, on the offensive glass, giving Kentucky second opportunities when they can't really shoot very well to begin with um, worries me. But yeah, I, I was really, out- which is why I think the rebounding part in, in Pittsburgh was, was really, really important. We didn't even mention that. It's a very good thing to point out. <laughs> um, Louisville, Louisville, frankly, was, was dominant. 
on the boards uh, against a Pittsburgh team. Um, you know, not bad. I mean, their their offensive re- they were thirty seventh. Now they're thirty seventh in the country in offensive rebounding percentage, and I think that probably went down after Louisville. Um, yeah. You know, that's that's a team that's and they're pretty good on defense as well. They're, they probably, you know, they're 119 now, but they probably, you know, that's coming down off there after a Louisville game where Louisville was, was on the offensive board, you're, you're dominant. Um, getting 45% of those, those boards. Um, I just think in, in these matchups that Louisville has a big advantage in, in this game that they need to be dominant. Like Carly Jones and David Johnston, it needs to be a considerable margin that they are better. Mm-hmm than Kentucky's backcourt. I said that a few days ago that I thought one of the kind of under, I don't know, I don't know, no, no, that's an underrated storyline. It may become a storyline, but one of the things that I think may decide this game is who is better between David Johnson and Terrence Clark. Definitely. Um, because I, a lot of, a lot of Kentucky fans think Terrence Clark has like the highest ceiling on this team. I kind of think it's BJ Boston, but you know, it's splitting hairs. Um, but, but DJ Johnson or David Johnson has to be really good. Like yeah. he has to be, um, because he, I mean, he, he's been like the biggest advantage for Louisville in a lot of places. He's this long guard that they don't really have on their team. He's a matchup problem for Kentucky um, because he can kind of go with them size for size. He can get to the rim when he wants. Um, and, you know, he just has to be good. Um, Carleek is going to do his thing, but even if he struggles a little bit, I think that Louisville can still win the game if David Johnson is really good. I do. Um, that kind of goes against what we saw in Wisconsin because you're like, oh, my God, they didn't play with Carleek, so they got beat. But I think Louisville can weather that as long as he's on the court. You talked about David being in that like the intermediate position where he's making he's putting the onus on the defense to decide how mm-hmm. they're going to defend him. He's got to do that. He's got to get in those spots. He's got to get to the rim. And if he's not getting into the rim early in the game, he can't let it affect the rest of the exactly. game. He's still got to be a great passer. He's still got to be great defensively. He's still got to take the open three when it's there and knock it down. I think he's the key to this game. I completely agree. I, 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 that's, that's who I had written down for me. He is, he is the key player. He is, um, you know, that's the, this, that interloping between the top of the top of the key and, and, and getting in the paint. That's what worked against Duke. That's, that's what destroyed Duke absolutely annihilated them. So I, I, I don't, I think that's something John Calipari knows um, he's, he's going to key in on, um, but you're absolutely right. I, I think if, if David Johnson, I mean, you know, he'll turn the ball over some, that's just the nature of, of, of who he is. But if he, if we can keep it to a, you know, two, three turnover game instead of a a five, six turnover game, I think that's the difference. Um, And uh, you know, he was seven for seven from, for two pointers last night. You know, if, 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 if that's what he's doing, if he's getting to the the rim, which he, he's shown he can do against five star level talent, he's shown he can do that. So why not? And I think the good thing about, you know, not necessarily a good thing, but for fans watching, it's going to be really easy right away to know what kind of Louisville team you're going to get. How active, how active are they going to be on offense? How is the ball moving? If there's a ball screen, is there going to be penetration or is it just, you know, dribbling around the key? Is David Johnson getting to the rim? Is Samuel Williamson, you know, crossing, darting? Um, how's he playing? Um, you know, 
Carly Jones came in immediately against Pittsburgh and hit a three. That's great. That was, it was nice to see right away, but that doesn't tell you long-term what this game is going to be. I don't think Carly Jones can, you know, can do everything for this team. And no, I, I think he just needs to be solid. Like, I don't like, again, I don't what think he did he last night be, would be fine. What he did last yeah, night. I don't, I don't think he has to be incredible in this game. I mean, I just think that overall, Louisville in the backcourt, you have to look at this game and say it wasn't even close. Louisville played better in the backcourt. And whether that's from David Johnson or whether that's from Carly, that's fine. I just think David Johnson is more capable because of his length. And um, I, I think especially because of what we know about this this front court. Um, yeah. Because that's I'm interested. The, I'm very interested in see how JJ Trainer looks though in a game like this. Would you say that's your X factor for the game? <laughs> well, I mean, I I've tried not to be like biased against him and yesterday he kind of got roughed up but as the game went on he got better he said they tried they they tried to like bully him with a big dude that that pittsburgh had that he was a huge dude i've never i didn't even know he's on the roster some freshman um and max said they were gonna try to do that he talked about that after the game and he got he got knocked around a few times he had he fronted and just got beat really bad made a stupid foul um they got bullied a few other possessions but as the game went on he figured it out he made little heady defensive plays against him he used his length um against him so i think that that jj trainer can play well in this game because i think olivier sar is pretty soft he's not a guy that's going to back you up and just you know dominate you he's gonna he's a guy that if you're going to beat him off the block he's gonna settle for the jumper and that's a guy that jj trainer can work against um i would start jj trainer in this game so your lineup would then be i would have jj trainer at the five um, if you want to start Jalen Weathers at the four, eight percent. That's fine. Yeah, I, I would. I would put the onus on Kentucky to defend every position and everywhere around the court. I would spread them out because JJ Trainer has knocked down the three point shot when he's been open. He's only took like three or four. I, I but he he did it against what was it Seton Hall that he had the big one and it looked very comfortable. I think yeah, if he's you three could, of six on the season. I think if you can spread Kentucky out a little bit, that's that, that opens that opens a lot of things. That's what I was going to say for I, the guards. That's why I would do it. I, I was, I you know Josh Nickelberry is just now getting back, but if if Josh Nickelberry can come in and hit two threes for this team, I, I just like I, that opens things up. Just because even if he's not, even if he plays for eighteen minutes, that's eighteen minutes where Kentucky's going to have to respect him. And that just opens things up for Carly Jones to go to work for David Johnson to cut to for, for Samuel Williamson to cut to the rim. So and then the overall length of Kentucky is not as big as a factor. Carly exactly. can do more things. Exactly. Um, so I don't know if it is JJ trainer, but that was just a, a thing is I think you're making Dre Davis took like three threes last night and he didn't look like he was going to make any of them. Yeah. Um, so I think <laughs> I don't, he was I don't, over three is exactly right. Yeah, I don't know why that's a thing or why it was a thing last night. He hit one against Western, um, <laughs> and, and and it's been a thing. I think Louisville has to find, even if they're not necessarily knocking down the threes. You, you just said it. Nickelberry knocks down a few and makes them respect him. I just think they need to spread Kentucky out. They need to make them honor the perimeter game because otherwise they're just going to kind of pack things up and that's going to get, that's, that's a bad situation. Um, for it's not so, a, uh, the, the, your Dre Davis, uh, three points that, uh, he's five of 18. He's the only person who shot more threes is David Johnson with 21. Wow. Dre Davis stopped shooting threes. My guy. 
we should uh, we should get that out there. That's pretty wild. Mm. So so David Johnson shot more threes. Dre Davis is is second on the team. Who's third on the team? Uh, and attempts. I just went I'm away. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Didn't no, mean no, to you're fine. It's my fault. I went away. I went. Um, second is our uh, third on the team is Quinn Slizinski, but okay. he's only made so two. Sorry. Yeah. Oh. So uh, <laughs> you need you need a guy like ideally in this game someone that's not Carly or David Johnson would make a three, like in the first five minutes. Yes. Yes. And then you're like, okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, but I think that's, that's the thing like that, that scares me is I think Louisville can win in a game that's in the fifties. Um, but I could definitely see this game being in the fifties. This is not going to be like, this is going to be the worst kind. And, and let me say, if this game is in the, if this game is looking like it's going to be in the fifties, low sixties, that's a good thing. <laughs> I mean that because, because no, no, no. Cause I, I, you don't want Kentucky running rampant. So I, I I'm, I, we're going to see only thing, The only thing is like, that was the analysis before last year and it turned into a track meet. Absolutely. And we, but, but um, generally speaking, yes, you're right. But we, we're going to see so many tweets. Another Louisville fans, if you if you tweet out these offenses are putrid, that's okay. <laughs> don't don't get upset about that because if this game is 77, 70, embrace embrace. It's Virginia not going to be Louisville on top. If this game is 77, 73, Louisville is not going to be the team with seventy seven. They're so not. if Louisville wins, if Louisville wins 77 to 72, I'm going to clip that sound. And we're going to play it at the beginning of the podcast that we do next time. Um, of course, like all of Louisville's wins, they're in the 70s, 79, yeah. 71, 86, 75. <laughs> no, it, it, embrace Virginia basketball for this one. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm like giving a that. shrug. I'm like on camera giving a shrug, but like, I, I'm not going to like, I'm going to be upset. I'm going to be, I'm going to hate the, the bricks. You know, they're laying the foundation out there. That's listen, man. If it means, <laughs> if it means that we get to dunk on Kentucky fans for a year, that's fine. Please don't be yeah. upset about it. I can see. I don't know. What, what scenario do you think is, is more possible Kentucky winning in a route or Louisville winning in a route? I, this is just me being, the 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 scaredy cat it's it's kentucky winning it around okay I, I don't think either one of those are obviously the prevailing outcome i was just curious I would, what you thought about that but listen man i thought about mentioning this like while we were talking about cat like if if this team wins in a route oh i've had dreams of i'm telling you man like and then you i'm gonna drive straight to lexington um (laughs) and then you come in the next week and you hear that you know bryce hopkins is having second thoughts about being at kentucky just just give me all that dude uh give me all that what what else do we want to get to let me say while we're here i'm springing this on you right now i i'm my christmas is going to be interesting um but i we're gonna we're gonna do a twitch stream I'm going to come back and we're going to do a Twitch stream. It's going to be a similar deal for me because I'm going to be in a vehicle again, but I don't care. Um, um, I'm, I'm, fi- I'm fine with that. So, so we're going to we do So just letting you know, we're going to do a Twitch stream. Uh, if Louisville loses, we're going to hand out the, uh, <laughs> the Dominique Hawkins Memorial Award. I have the UK roster uh, phone tree. Um, we'll try and get said person on the phone. to award <laughs> it. I, I don't, I don't have that. Um, I guess let's let's get a prediction on here. Um, <laughs> I think Louisville wins. 
because I think they have more outcomes to win the game. I agree. I, agree. I think Kentucky's scenario is a lot more straightforward. Yes. Um, and it's a lot more singular. I think the Louisville wins 63 to 55. I was going to go 62 55. I yeah, have, nice. <laughs> but I, I'm telling you, um, I think JJ Trainer can be the reverse Dominique Hawkins. I hope you're game. right. My concern is just like, and again, a dumb concern is just like kid who's watched this game his entire life. No, is now I, on the I court think, I think and that's freaking legitimate. The fuck out. <laughs> but you're also forgetting about like the, the pedigree. His dad's been there before. Like he, he, he can help her prepare him for this moment a little bit better. And I think all these things that people have said about JJ trainer have been legitimate. He's too small. He needs to pack on pounds. Teams are going to bully him. He's not really ready for a, a big moment, but he's answered them winning basket against Seton hall last night. Perfect example gets bullied around, gets bumped around, adjusts, makes plays, makes a lot of little plays and then finishes the game of like plus 17. On, on, on the plus minus like he consistently keeps doing it i think you're and right i don't know why i get it i get what you're saying let me but but for for the sake of devil's advocate i'm going back dwayne sutton's first kentucky game five minutes over yep, two i remember it very well two fouls let's go to <laughs> let's you keep going i'm gonna go i'm i'm getting more of them Hold on. and then the thing and then the thing is last year that like david johnson uh, ufl fans are freaking out because what he plays like two minutes or three minutes last year and uh, so he's never really experienced this game either how about that the the, the quentin yeah the quentin snyder first kentucky game 23 minutes three points one of four from the field <laughs> Two turnovers, three turnovers. So, so if it's not if it's not him, who is the X factor for Louisville? Let me real quick do race balling because it's just a minute, a minute, <laughs> you, you, you a just, minute, you just a, and a foul. Really put it all the way out there. A minute and a foul. I just want to put that out there because it scares me. Um, this is this is dumb, but I think it's Josh Nickelberry. Yeah. Because I I think because Josh Nickelberry, he's done that before. He came into that NC State game. I was in the house for that NC State game. Yeah. He comes into the game. And he drops a three right away. He played for a minute in that NC State game. And he drops a three. Nickelberry would be great. But my goodness, I would love for it to be Quincy Oh, I would love for it to be Quincy as well. I'm a little concerned that Quincy has take, fi- taken 15 threes and only made two of them. I think he, he may have taken a few steps back. But if it was him on um, the Instagram videos, the I hate Quincy shirts, I'm, I'm the Quincy. You're a big Quinn IG hive. Sorry, I respect it. <laughs> yeah, I love the dude. Um, but yeah, I think those are probably Nickelberry and JJ Trainer from a local perspective are probably the most two legitimate candidates. So let's. Um, Let's put the Kentucky part out there, though. <laughs> the, uh, the 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 Dominic Hawkins uh, Memorial Award final watch list. It's here. It's here. Got this it. is I've with the committee. Um, I've it's just like the college football playoff. I've been handed the list. Their final watch list. These are the guys they're keying in on for Saturday. I'm going to go from the from the bottom to the top here, Chris. Um, okay. The the four four gentlemen here uh, who are the finalists. Uh, Jacob Toppin might be the worst player <laughs> Kentucky's had in a, in a long, long time. He's not good. Um, so definitely a candidate here. <laughs> um, Devin Askew 
which is a borderline candidate. I don't know. He's played, he's played, he played pretty well against, uh, against North Carolina. Um, but I think just the, the cultural, he said no to, to, to Mac, to go to Cal type thing. Too many narratives. To Too many it. narratives. Dante Allen, after this week of people talking about Kentucky people, you know, this, this, he's not making the, he's not like making any minutes. So I don't think he's going to get in. But he's uh, he's the guy that that Kentucky fans have attached themselves exactly. to and given he's, him. Hope. He's the Jorts. He's the Jorts corollary. The yeah. uh, that that you know that type of guy coming in. I, I think for him, if he like hits like two sh- two or three shots, you know, gets gets an and one or something like that, like it's not going to be hard uh, for him to <laughs> to get some consideration just just because of where he's starting from. And then of course the number one, it's Keon Brooks um it's we just were, too perfect dude. we were talking about it i you know you get a push notification from espn at 10 30 <laughs> keon brooks will be making his first start against louisville uh for kentucky this season immediately drops 13 on us in like 20 minutes 21 minutes it's we're it's, gonna get that notification while we're recording on twitch and it's just gonna be a moment well, well, the switch gonna be after, so maybe. Okay. <laughs> okay. But, but yeah, that's. But we're gonna get the. We're all gonna get the notification and be super, um, super mad. So that's um, a that's a strong list, man. Any any anyone you're keying in on particular? I, I think Keon Brooks definitely. I, I, Askew has to have a good game for them to win. I think. Yeah, much like David Johnson has to have a big game for us. I think that that's the case. Um, I. I think it's pretty much the backcourt who yeah. wins that comes down to like, because like Olivier Saar is going to have a good game. He's going to have like 16 and 10 or whatever, right. 16 and eight. But even that, I don't think is going to be enough for Kentucky because it ha- hasn't been enough all season. Like he's had his moments. He's been fine. He was really good against Notre Dame. I don't know what he did against North Carolina because I was on the road during that game, but he's had his moments to where it hasn't been good enough. Um, so I mean you're talking maybe, about you're talking about ask you Sar Sar oh, Sar Sar had two points against North Carolina. Okay. So he was really bad um, against North Carolina. He had five fouls as well. Four yeah, rebounds. But he's he was good against I know he was good against um Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And he was good against Georgia Tech, I believe so. Kentucky hasn't scored more than 60, 64 points this season in a game. And that's, that's the thing, man. Like, that's what I'm telling you guys. Like if this game's in the fifties, it's a good thing. It's a good, like, don't get mad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think like, I think it's just going to come down to the backwards, dude. I I don't think like Kentucky, Kentucky has an advantage in the front court and they're probably going to win that but they're not going to win it to the level to where it's going to set the game. That's the way. And I think Louisville is good enough at rebounding, especially when you're talking about David Johnson helping out. Um, If Louisville's losing the rebounding battle pretty, pretty quickly, that's, that's not, that's not bad. Or that's a bad thing because I I think David Johnson should be able to, and even, even uh, Carleek is, is, has done a good job crashing the boards. I mean, I I think, I think, you know, we're we're in year three of that system and that's, you know, gang rebounding, whatever, what, what, what what Chris Mack, you know, is his Bible. I I think they've shown that so far this season, that's going to be a a strength of this team moving forward. Um, So if they're losing the rebounding battle very badly, that's a, that's a cause for concern. Well, Chris, anything else before we sign this thing out man i'm i'm i i'm excited man um 
like excitement, said, think, but think, it, 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 but but dreading, and I I just feel the pit in my stomach. Yeah, I think I think Louisville more so than other years has a really big opportunity to just stab Kentucky in the heart and really yeah. make a lasting lasting feeling. Um, and I think a, a win here can can change a change the course of of the events in the future. Actually, like I, I this is a few down years for Calipari. Last year was solid. Um, but they're becoming more and more and more, and there's there's more unrest in in Big Blue Nation. This is just going to add to it. You're, and I'm you're, not I'm not sure that like him going and signing a number one recruiting class again. It's just going to have them being like next season forty and zero. Like I, I think this is a little different, and I think Wolver can add to that. So it's 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 a bigger game for Wolver because of that. I think you were really spot on when you said you you know this isn't this feels like the beginning of the end, the, the, the first bricks falling off the Roman empire. I, I don't, I think Kentucky can have a terrible year this season and, and, and Cal come back next year. Um, I, I was, I listened to uh, Titus and Tate yesterday, uh, the college basketball podcast. And, and they've been, they've been so great about Cal because the one thing they say, and I think what, what, what I really agree with. And I think what Cal doesn't agree with is that Cal Parry is not bigger than Kentucky. Yeah. He is, you know, coach K is bigger than, than Duke. He just is, you know, I, Roy Williams is not bigger than North Carolina, but John Cal Parry thinks he's bigger than Kentucky, but he's not. And when it comes to these types of situations, these lifetime situations, it never ends well. It ends with the coach. I mean, like like Denny Crum, like the last that was literally the last say few that. teams, they just they they petered out. They were bad. And you'll always have the good times, but if you're thinking that BBN isn't, you know, after a few years that are that are bad, going to start reconsidering a lifetime contract, they are, and they have the yeah, money I mean, to reconsider. You, you missed a tournament this year completely. You may say you lose in the Sweet Sixteen next year. That, so that's not good enough. I think you're absolutely right that this is a situation where if Louisville can really stab Kentucky in the heart, like we're saying this season, really put to bed them figuring this out. It changes a lot of. I think it changes the ripple effects. It's something you look to. It's something you look look to three to five years from now, and you say that game, that game where Kentucky had always won those close matchups, but Louisville stabbed them in their heart. They took care of business. That's something you can point to. That's that's a that's a momentum. It's not it's not a momentum changer, but it's something that pushes forward the narrative. Pushes forward. I have a great troll move now. So, so <laughs> I, after that discussion, I think the title of this podcast should just be something along the lines of biggest mobile Kentucky game in a decade <laughs> or something like that. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm just applauding and clapping. Oh yeah. But yeah, I'm done here. <laughs> we got to end it there. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys hopefully on Saturday. Hopefully we'll be popping champagne. Um, go fucking cards, man. Beat Kentucky. Fucking cards. Let's do it. Take care, guys. Oh, and happy, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, go, guys. <laughs>